Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government in the town of Shrewsbury. Today's podcast, we're going to cover a lot of the key aspects of the May 15th, 2023 annual town meeting. I'm Kevin Mizikar, the town manager of the town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by communications coordinator Taylor Galusha. How's it going, Taylor? It's going good. It's a big Monday. It is a big Monday. I don't know why, but it's it's a big Monday. (laughs) This is, we're moving into our couple final big public facing weeks of the year with town meeting and a lot mm-hmm. of other things. Uh, before we get into the boring work stuff, what happened over the weekend? Anything good? Um, it wasn't over the weekend, but I got a funny text from my dad, I think Wednesday or Thursday after the last TMDL episode came out. And, um, he works from home, so he has his little desk in the living room. My dog hangs out by him because they're best friends. And every time he's on like a Zoom call or any sort of, if he's watching other videos or listening to other podcasts, she usually leaves the room and goes sits in the front. Yeah. But he told me that um, whenever he's listening to the town manager download, our biggest fan, Brady, is sitting right <laughs> behind him. That's she awesome. does not leave the room. She's a dedicated listener. Um, we won't say it's just because she can hear me talking. but <laughs> um, So we have our, our official, I think, maybe biggest dog fan. Nice. And Howie is probably a close second. So. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> it warmed my heart. Every listener that we can get, including Brady. Yep. So she knows. She knows the good, the good podcasts. So... Yeah, we've been, uh, had a couple eventful weekends the, the last few weekends. So my oldest daughter, Alexa, is 16 and she's nearing getting her license and getting a job. So we've been doing some car shopping, which I don't know, it's expensive. And I mean, you know, everyone knows car prices have gone up a lot in the last few years. And I think we're dealing with that and uh, just a number of factors. So. I mean, it's not my favorite thing to do in the world, buy a car. I don't know if there's anyone's, but, you know, Thanks. adding another one to the fleet? car fleet <laughs> isn't exciting. It's exciting to, to do it with Alexa and, and my wife, Erin, but, like, you know, you know, I could do without another monthly bill. <laughs> I think my first car going. was, it was a Hurricane Sandy survivor oh really yeah it was flooded but only up to a certain point so we got a pretty good deal on it yeah we're trying to find those deals and (laughs) you know in some ways the internet's good because you can see a zillion different cars Mm -hmm. and some ways that's not good but because you can see a zillion yeah exactly so (laughs) drive all over the place and the best deal is always you know 95 miles away right right (laughs) There's only one of them on the lot, so. But we'll get through that, which is good. But you know, hopefully she lands that first job for the summer and able to get around and enjoy all the freedoms of being 16. So yeah. good stuff. And then this past weekend, I had a house full of people. My wife's, all of her siblings were up. We were doing some trip planning that we have coming up this summer. Um, and then uh, her brother was in for California from a wedding. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a surprise Saturday afternoon. I didn't even know they were in town. They were in <laughs> Connecticut for a wedding in Middletown. So it was uh, interesting. Full house this weekend of 
four extra people. So all good though. We had a lot of fun. So good stuff. Trip planning is well underway for a, a Disney adventure this summer and um, we're gonna do it with more people than we ever had and as part of a big group, just beyond the family. So I think we're, we're gonna do the Mimi Taylor extravaganza 2.0 again next year. Yeah. Mother daughter wow. trip. It was that successful. So another winter trip? Probably. Mm -hmm. yep. Sounds good. Good stuff for us in our Disney that. futures. Yeah. <laughs> Disney, speaking of getting a lot of money, Disney will be getting a lot of money. Yes. Along with the car dealer. <laughs> so what is up in the shrew? Yeah, we've got a, a ton going on in our, you know, heavy town meeting busy cycle, but many other things too. Yep. We, have, we have competing surveys now. We do. Right? So we made it to this over the edge of engaging with the community. What's what's going on with the surveys at this point? So there's two, um, I guess, central projects that are going floating around town hall within DPW and planning. So we have the town center area multimodal and transportation study. Um, they have a survey out right now kind of asking residents and those that travel through that area for feedback on different barriers that prevent them from um, using public transportation or other modes of transportation, um, how often they visit the area and all that good stuff. And that one can be found at shrewsburyma.gov slash multimodal study. And then the climate action and resiliency plan group um, kind of has been kicking off in the last like month or so they had their first internal staff stakeholder meeting um, they have another group meeting coming up the last week of april and then um, their survey is just kind of gathering um, feedback from the community on their knowledge of climate action measures um, what the town can be doing, that type of stuff. And that one can be found at shrewsburyma.gov slash all in Shrewsbury. Awesome. Um, those are both the project pages. So if people just wanna learn more about the projects, that's a great place to go. Um, the surveys I'll, are pretty brief. Yes, yeah. brief surveys. Um, we I added a little page off of the homepage under residents called ongoing projects. Mm -hmm. So um, people can go straight to it just to learn see everything that's going on and learn more. I think it's super helpful just to mm -hmm. be informed about them, so. Yeah. Great, yeah, so, um, you know, the town police station, the new police station and that whole project, the evolution of that project continues. So I think that there's a really nice new perspective. We have the um, Southern grounds kind of between the building and maple avenue are all hydro seated now oh, yeah. so it's kind of all cleaned up um, so if you're traveling eastbound on maple avenue it's um, it's kind of a new profound perspective i think it looks really nice and there's a couple centering walls uh, in mm -hmm. place and benches and we're kind of evolving down now and the old police station will be coming down in the next few weeks. Um, Saw landscaping going in. Too, yeah, trees cool. are going in and fences are being finalized. So we're kind of in the home stretch for the next 60 days or so on that project. It'll be wrapping up and that'll lead us hopefully not too much conflict with our first, food, first few food truck Thursdays uh, that are starting May 18th yes. at the town hall. So they start at four o'clock, uh, run till eight o'clock. So we're happy to bring food trucks back to the town hall for 
uh, community gathering and residence and all that enjoyment. Mm -hmm. So that's that's Saw on some the new horizon. ones. New ones on the list. Good. So Good. looks like we've piqued the interest Good. of the food truck community. Great. <laughs> It's great. I'll have the pleasure, uh, or all over the place, but I'll have the pleasure uh, a little, little bit later this week doing something that I really enjoy doing. I've gotten to do about twice a year since I've been here, minus COVID, is go to um, Mr. Aloisi's American government class at the oh. high school and uh, talk to that group about local government and local government finance and revenues. So I'm excited to do that this Wednesday. It's always fun. Always make interesting connections with students, and um, you know, get to talk about local government and share some uh, interests, and hopefully pique their interest a little bit more. So it's a, it's a good opportunity That's awesome. to do that. So um, I look forward to doing that this week. And uh, we have one state budget yeah. stuff too. Like yep. everything is happening yep. all second, at once. Yep. <laughs> second second iteration of the state budget, which is House Ways and Means, which is now at the full house. So that was a positive for us. We were able to update some numbers in a good way, um, mainly associated with state aid for uh, the schools, which is uh, known as Chapter 78. So mm -hmm. the, the house was a little bit more giving than the governor was in that area, which is a tremendous help since it's based on a per pupil number and we have you know, over 6,000 students. So that's, that's a good number for us. and. That will all be helpful as we move into town meeting, which will be finalizing everything, really all the formal stuff, short of pre-town meeting with the finance committee this um, Thursday. So wow. that will be behind us, hopefully, we get through that. Um, but the biggest meeting of the week um, is Motopalo's last select no. board meeting. That'll happen on Tuesday. Um, so it'll be kind of late in the cycle for once this gets published, but um, yeah, it'll be Mo's last select board meeting, which, you know, I'm sure there'll be many in attendance there to wish yeah. him well, former board members and staff and all that, which will be a huge change yeah. for the town. Very crazy. Different. Yep. For the last 30 years since he's been. We can plug our own episode. People can go, go yeah, watch absolutely. our last episode, um, yep. or I guess two before two this one. Episodes, right? Um, to hear more about Mo's local gov story and how he got involved in everything. Absolutely. Um, but I'm sure that'll episode. come up a lot at the April 25th select board meeting. Yeah. So we're um, lucky to have them. Yeah. So I guess we'll hit the main topic of conversation today, which is our annual town meeting, our big legislative event for the year. The extravaganza. Um, the extravaganza that is town meeting. Um, who knows how many nights it'll go? I'm not gonna make any predictions. Uh, except for more than one, one. say that <laughs> at least one, <laughs> one or greater. Um, of course, town meeting is our legislative body, um, and we've been on really uh, this heavy cycle of preparing the town meeting warrant, the budget to get us to this May fifteenth meeting, um, and that started oh six months ago at this yeah. point. Um, in time, really back in late October as we started looking at revenue projections for the upcoming fiscal year. Um, having a legislative body, unlike a city council or a town council that you know meets as many times as two times a month, mm -hmm. we kind of have to have everything as close to perfect as it possibly can be by the time we get to right. May, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
puts a, makes us put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and uh, hopefully that effort pays off uh, when we communicate everything to town meeting members. Um, we have representative town meeting here, of course, which we've talked about on many of our episodes, 240 members. Um, and we're in that home stretch to get us there. And um, of course, interestingly, one third of those members will all be up at the annual election, right. just like they are every year. Uh, they sit for three year terms. So we'll see how the election process plays out here on May 2nd. Um, several select board seats and school committee seats. And of course, uh, a third of all town meeting seats are up, some library trustees as well. So. Um, We've made it through one night of finance committee hearings on the warrant. Um, we need to update them on our changes to the budget and we'll wrap all that up on uh, April, let's see, it'll work out to be the 27th um, with them. And then we'll be publishing all our materials come the following week after the election occurs and we can mail everything out to all sitting elected town meeting members. Um, yeah, I feel like mid-April till town meeting basically is just a whirlwind it is it's a mad dash to the to town meeting itself and then you always try to convince yourself that things won't be as busy afterwards but that's never the never truth. true <laughs> <laughs> so um we have a big warrant this year uh, 54 warrant articles um one big bucket of articles that I think really drives that number up about 10 over prior years is Community Preservation Act yep. articles, which we can talk about. Um, the Warren articles, it's kind of a foreign term outside of the Northeast that has town meeting, but really a, a town meeting warrants essentially the agenda for the meeting. It lists everything that we're able to talk about. And if mm -hmm. it's not within a Warren article, we're not allowed to talk about it. So 54 different areas of, um, topic, conversation, actions that are under consideration for town meeting. Um, some are more routine and some are new and unique for this town meeting based upon the needs of the town uh, or the specific projects that we're looking to fund. And town meeting, of course, has authority over all appropriation financial matters uh, related to the town, local legislative authority for bylaws, um, and then um, you know, so that's what will be in those various uh, warrant articles, uh, things that fall mm -hmm. within those buckets, and uh, we'll ask for town meetings consideration, debate, and hopefully approval of uh, the majority of them because it'll set the path forward for us next year and help us implement the strategic plan and fund operations and do day-to-day -day business and take on some new initiatives that we're excited about and we'll talk about during this discussion. Yeah. yeah, so. That's where we're headed. So um, let's okay. head into We the, can kick it off and yeah. just because of how long it is, we'll, the warrant, we'll kind of keep it to the unique yeah. unique ones. And once um, we do our recordings of the full warrant with town staff, right. there'll be an explanation for everything. Right, so yeah, the, we'll, do, we'll touch on each and every warrant article like we have with the finance committee and, and the town staff overview. We'll, film that later this week so 
Yeah, let's touch on some of the more unique and interesting yeah. aspects of the 54 articles. So we'll kick it off with Article 4, which is the special legislation granting property tax exemptions for domicile of Ava Roy. Right. So, yeah, Ava Roy, this is a, a unique uh, opportunity. Um, so Ava Roy is the daughter of Christopher Roy, who was a Worcester firefighter who was killed in the line of duty several years ago, and Christopher and Ava or Shrewsbury residents, mm -hmm. and uh, Ava continues to be. She lives here in town uh, with her guardians, uh, her grandparents. So this would uh, provide tax relief to them and abate their real estate tax payments uh, in honor of Christopher's service and you know to give them just a little bit of uh, benefit um, you know, and relief you know, from that, that tax burden. It's the least that we can do in Shrewsbury. So this was an initiative that was uh, identified by Principal Assessor Ruth Anderson, and uh, she worked with Representative Kane to bring this um, Warren Article forward to propose the yeah. special legislation, which will have to go get approved by the general court in Boston, but it should sail right through. So, and then we jump to Article 7, which is the Fund Override Stabilization Account. Yeah, so this is kind of that centerpiece of the 2021 override that mm -hmm. we've worked on with the community through the select board and school committee's commitment that you know puts us on a path of at least four years without asking an override question. So we're going to deposit another million dollars, taking up to about 7.1 million. Mm -hmm. This is the last year that I see any way that we can continue to deposit in, and we'll start drawing down over that over the course of the next two years, um, at least maybe three. Um, until we have to ask, uh, you know, uh, another override question or assess where we are from the financial right. situation and see what we can and can't do and have a conversation with the community about that at that time. Um, Article 8, yep. FY24 operating budget and just the general fund specifically. Right. Yeah, so this is, you know, in total, we're probably spending about $180 million in, in directly funded initiatives through the town meeting and, and the Operating budget is the vast majority of that. It's mm -hmm. 145 million 872 thousand. Uh, it's roughly a, a five and a quarter percent increase over the prior year, um, and you know the operating budget, of course, funds our day-to-day -day operations um, for all aspects of the community um, outside of the utility funds. So. It, funds the schools, general municipal operations, our debt service, and then a category we call operating support, which provides benefits to SELCO and the municipal operations and the school operations. So school is the vast majority of that, a little over 83 million, and then municipals about 32.4 million of that, uh, and debt service is 12.5. So on the municipal side of things, um, really happy to move forward on some of the initiatives associated with the strategic plan. Um, and from a personnel standpoint, we're able to uh, fund four additional firefighters, oh, at least wow. partially uh, through this budget. So that will make sure that we have three firefighters on every truck at every station when we're responding to a call, which has a lot of safety uh, implications if we only have two, especially yeah. for a working structure fire when that engine's the only thing on scene. Uh, it's really difficult to manage only with two uh, personnel. And then um, we also, which I'm really excited about, have funding for additional recreation coordinator uh, yeah. position. So this should help drive more programs, more services, really a direct uh, result of the strategic plan say, and the yeah. feedback that we heard 
uh, from residents. So those are the, I guess, my key takeaways from exciting things associated with the budget. Of course, we're dealing with inflation, whether it comes to diesel, gasoline, fuel, utility costs, paper. pens, paper, <laughs> everything in between. So that has a big driver on the on the budget. We all right. know inflation has been, you know, greater than 5%. Uh, so it's been a struggle to put together a budget that's in the confines of that commitment to the community mm -hmm. that the select board has made. Um, so yeah, it's it's just been, it's been a, a somewhat of a more challenging budget process than we anticipated, um, but we can at least make some strategic investments and, and cover those increased costs. But it came with a lot of trade-offs. So there's a, I think more departments went down, you know, year over right. year um, than maybe have in the past. So most right. departments in the past have been level or slightly up and then a few higher increases and this year there's like a mixed bag of some level funded some decreases and some more significant increases of course associated with staffing so that's the big budget uh article um and then we jump to the different um let's say enterprise and special revenue accounts right. so articles 12 through 16 which covers solid waste enterprise sewer special revenue fund water enterprise stormwater enterprise and peg access yeah i mean i think the the one so our enterprise operating budgets are pretty flat year over year i think the one exception is we're adding a little bit of staffing in stormwater mm -hmm. as part of our initial five-year plan uh, since we have that enterprise and that revenue source um so um yeah but utility operations I'll talk a little bit more when we get to the, the capital articles because there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so we have the three, uh, or not three, but the three we'll talk about, the three capital improvement plan articles, um, 27, 28, and 29, which is related to the general fund, sewer, and stormwater. All right, so the yeah, the general fund capital improvement plan is pretty traditional. It's a little less than $2 million this year. Uh, we have a range of projects. Uh, two of the bigger ones um, are a half a million dollars to replace the floral elementary school roof, the shingles yep. on it. Um, and then uh, those are original to the building, so uh, well over 20 years old. And then um, $325,000 for one of the main, to replace one of the main dump trucks for highway, so mm -hmm. it provides year round service. A lot of service in the winter those vehicles are really expensive so again 325 for that um, so that's about half of uh, the entire capital improvement plan just in those two yeah. <laughs> projects themselves and then there's you know some software and IT initiatives that we have going on so general capital improvement plans rather similar um, to prior years and then um, the stormwater, excuse me, the sewer capital improvement plan um, has a traditional aspect to it and a unique aspect. So um, I think the traditional aspect is we're looking to fund about $2.7 million in what I'll call cash funded initiatives for this year. So okay. where we're taking on projects and making investments in pump stations. Uh, we have a lot of pump, pump stations given the topography of the community. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to constantly evaluate them and upgrade them and make sure that they're working as efficiently as possible and safe as possible. So we have about $2 million into pump station evaluations, improvements, buying some vehicles to, to keep our fleet up to date. Um, so that 
makes up the cash, cash funded portion. And then we're also seeking a $9.8 million borrowing authorization for sewer to take on a significant project that includes upgrades and modernization of the Rolf Avenue pump station, the Maple Avenue pump station, and a very large sewer force main that connects those two uh, pump station and um, traverses Maple Avenue. So um, I think something like 80% of the town's sewer flows through these two pump stations yeah. and that force main on a daily basis, and it was installed in the late 1960s. So uh, we need to make some significant investments there. The good news for this project is that we've been invited to receive funds a loan from the state's Clean Water Trust. The benefit of the Clean Water Trust right now is it has a 2% interest rate. Okay. So it's at least uh, half of the interest rate that we would experience if we had to go out to the general market. So it's a good opportunity to be invited into that program. This is a critical upgrades. Honestly, if we had a significant catastrophic failure at either of these um, yeah. pump stations or the, the main force main in Maple Avenue, most of the town would not have sewer service. Yeah. So we don't want to see what that yeah. looks like. No. It's <laughs> important to take care of our infrastructure. It is, very, yep. Um, that brings us to Article 30, which is another cap capital improvement plan item, the borrowing off authorization for water. Right, so water. Um, there's a little cash-funded aspect. We're gonna buy a truck and we have to make about $5,000 investment in the Poor, poor Farm Brook uh, basin uh, yep. like we do every year but um, we've kind of we've reached this turning point um, with our investments in our our water system and it, I think it's driven by general cost and inflation and then the age and complexity of our water system mm -hmm. so um, that tipping point is is that um, in my opinion we can no longer fund our capital improvements sufficiently on a cash basis. So traditionally we've gone in, raised the water rates enough money, uh, su sufficiently enough to um, make additional capital improvements, replace water yeah. mains, replace meters. Um, those things are so expensive um, and we have, you know, done our planning process for the next five years and uh, we don't think it's appropriate or that we can reasonably adjust the rate sufficient, we'd have mm -hmm. to increase the rate by you know 40% uh, over the next few years consecutively, and we don't think that's fair. So we're gonna turn to or propose a, a bond or a borrowing model um, to take on these capital improvements. So over the next two to three years, we were requesting $12 million to spend on mm -hmm. two to three years worth of improvements. So we take that debt service on, uh, we'd be able to keep water rates uh, adjustments between three and a half and five percent annually if we do that versus forty percent. Um, and during that time, we'd replace about six miles of water main, uh, do significant maintenance and upgrades to our water storage tanks, uh, continue our ongoing water meter replacement program, and we'd mm -hmm. also be um, taking on. Uh, the design of a treatment plant uh, to remove PFOS from the drinking water, which we can talk about in a, a little bit of detail. Um, and we will spend some time in a future episode yeah. with Dan Riley really diving in on uh, the water system and PFOS specifically. So um, it's just challenging, you know, um, we have 200 mi miles of water main mm -hmm. in town and 
we have a 100-year replacement cycle. That means we need to do two miles every year to achieve mm -hmm. that very long life cycle. And uh, one mile of water main now costs us a million and a half dollars. So it's, it's just really expensive. It doesn't seem feasible to do that by yeah. just increasing the water rate anymore. So we're switching to a model that many other like size and larger communities eventually have to get to and are are Moving using to. so you know um, you hear a lot from the federal government the state government big cities about their you know capital improvement bond bills and you know so that's that's the model that we're moving to like many of them already have so try to i try to put myself in resident shoe when i ask my questions on this podcast yeah, so yeah. what's the increase like the you said it was between three and five percent on the borrowing plan yep what is that compared to um like previous years when the water rates have increased? Yeah, so water rates um, have been increased every five to eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and those increases have been in the realm of 25 yeah. to 40%. So okay. we're trying to move away from that right. model. That's a big shock right. to anyone's quarterly, monthly, annual. So this is almost yeah. keeping it more level. But, yeah. Or this it, method. Yeah, we're trying to move to a system where everyone can plan, everyone understands what we're having, but we've got to keep investing in the water system. We don't want to be, I don't want to name cities and towns on a shaming basis, but we, we've seen across this country what a lack of investment yeah. in our infrastructure and mainly water systems can mean for the health, safety, welfare for a community, and we don't want to go there. And this isn't anything extravagant. It's really maintaining right. the assets that we have. Um, Kind of where we're headed to, though, you know, the 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 forward-looking thing is how we're going to treat PFAS, which yeah. you know, there's a lot of information about PFAS out there, and it's a forever chemical, and you know, it's from a variety of sources, whether it's firefighting foam to uh, non-stick materials that go mm -hmm. on um, goods That's and clear. utensils yeah. and waterproofing materials. So. Um, we first let the community know in 2019 that we had PFAS, elevated PFAS levels mm -hmm. in our well, um, but our levels as they are right now are below the 20 parts per trillion um, that's the state level. Yep. But the US EPA over the last 60 days have issued new guidance and told us they're heading in a completely new direction for the whole country and uh, their standard's gonna be four parts per trillion. So oh, wow. um, we're above the four parts per trillion, so we know we're going to have to treat for PFAS. Uh, so we want to move forward with a designing a plant. We've already done a lot of piloting studies to yes. understand what it is that we would need to do to remove PFAS from our drinking water. So we're way ahead of the curve uh, in comparison to some communities. Um, and we think that's a good thing because there's an unprecedented amount of interest in PFAS right now and mm -hmm. an unprecedented amount of funding at the federal level. So mm -hmm. we want to be first in line for those funds and mitigate costs, even if it's a low interest or a no interest loan for our uh, water customers and our rate payers. So uh, if we can put ourselves in that position by doing some design work over the next 18 months, uh, we would be coming back to the community uh, to um, request funding to, to put a treatment plant. Yeah. I remember Dan and his team coming to the board this time last year to talk about the piloting program, and I thought um, David or David Snowden mm -hmm. and Dan did a good job discussing the borrowing and kind of their plans for PFOS at the right. April 11th um, select board meeting. Yep. Um, if people are interested yeah, at home to watch, watch them talk about it. I think they do a good job explaining it, making it right. um, 
I could understand it. Yeah. So I think I think everyone sure. could understand it. Yeah, no, that is good. <laughs> um, so Article Thirty One is to appropriate uh, for the Oak Middle School windows, and that's kind of a transfer, correct, from a different. Right. So yeah, two two things really. So we we were at town meeting last spring, and we did request some funds. Uh, we were re originally looking at about a. We thought we had about a million dollar project ahead of us, but as we went through the full design and put it out through estimators and worked with the contracting community, mm -hmm. that number's really about four times that. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, it's about $4 million. So we're looking to transfer some money that we had left over that wasn't used, but borrowed from the Beale Elementary School construction project, so about a million and a half dollars. Then we put $455,000 in free cash in place last spring. Um, we are seeking a borrowing authorization here of uh, almost just shy of $2 million. We don't ever intend to borrow. Right, this dollars. is part of that MSBA accelerated yep. repair program, right? Right, so MSBA is committed to p funding 52% of the project right. cost, which is that $1.9 million number. But we have to prove to the state that we that, could pay right. that 52%. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we need to take care of all that in this single article. Eventually, we'll come back to town meeting and rescind the borrowing authorization and move on without ever having to borrow for the project. But we have to put it all in place. Now. Right. Yep. So it's more... Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a formality, right? MSBA requires us to do it this way. So cool. if we want 52% of the the funds, we got to do what they ask right. us to. Uh, Article 32 is to fund the expansion of um, the cemetery at 65 Prospect Street. Yeah, I feel like this is a well-known project, something yep. we've been talking a lot about over the years. There's been some public information sessions on it really recently. Um, we've been doing design work for 18 to 20 months on it. So the, the total project cost here is 4.4 million 370,000. Mm -hmm. Again, we're going to transfer some funds in uh, for, for some prior projects to, to you know keep the impact as low as possible. Another 1.99 million dollars from the Beale Elementary School project. So this will take care of all the money that we've borrowed but didn't yeah. need for that project. So that's a good story. Right. <laughs> right? Like right. We, we came in well under budget. We actually borrowed more money than we needed, and uh, we can use those funds uh, for this project. Um, we have $650,000 that was originally dedicated to the Toblin Hill Bridge reconstruction. Mm -hmm. That's not needed because we have the bids in and the work's underway for that. So we can dedicate that to this project. Uh, and then that leaves about $1.7 million that we are seeking a borrowing authorization. Okay. So that's a really small number given the grand scheme of the budget and the, the general finances of the town. So hopefully over the next two or three years through some short-term borrowings, we can buy that down and not have to yeah, pay a lot of cost. interest. And, and we will work, and as we always do, to find the most cost-effective route forward uh, for this project. But it's really good. We have a $4.4 million, $4 million investment, and the maximum total borrowing would be about less than half of that, 1.7. Yeah. So um, I'm happy that we can get to this point and move forward with this project. Yeah, and there's so, information on that project as well on that ongoing projects page. That's off the of the homepage, yeah. yeah, for residents just to read more, get the recording of the um, public meeting that they held and everything. And this article kind of pairs with Article 33, which is designating the balance of Prospect Park for park purposes. 
Right. So the the cemetery itself is the the property is like seventy five acres. The cemetery expansion is roughly twenty acres. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's been a lot of conversations and comments to the select board in the community that said, well, you know, people have enjoyed the use of this property, even though it may not have been designated as such. You know, they've created walking trails and things yeah. like that in there, and they'd like to see that to continue. So. Um, that's what we're going to do with this article. We're going to say, well, you know, those areas that have been used uh, for playground-like purposes, park-ish pur purposes, will continue that way in perpetuity. We'll set those aside. We know the 20-acre uh, development of a cemetery is at least a 50-year window. Right. So um, I'm not a fan of kicking it down the road for someone else to decide, but 50 years is a long horizon, and the trend is that we would need less land than more as more people choose different country. methods. Right, yep. So, um, yeah, I think it puts us in a good spot. We have a 50 year horizon, which is a very long horizon in the grand scheme of things, and we're setting some land aside for open space. So, yeah, good balance of yep. the needs and the wants of the community. Um, so, Article 34 is a citizen's petition. Right, so uh, we'll provide a letter out to all town meeting members, but um, so this citizen's petition had a legal implication. It was associated with a prior vote of town meeting um, with regards to one through seven Maple Avenue and okay. the select board's authority to dispose of that property. Uh, based on case law and prior rulings that have been affirmed the same way by the court system really over the last over 100 years, the, the moderator has ruled this out of order. Um, so um, that's what will happen at town meeting. We'll just move beyond this article. Okay. So. Um, and then kind of what we touched on at the beginning of this, we have a lot of CPC projects. Right. Um, I can't, I'm going to, I'm not going to count them, but <laughs> articles 36 through 44 mm -hmm. um, are, oh, nine, nine mm -hmm. projects. Yep. Label. <laughs> So nine CBC projects to yeah. talk about it. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's about uh, a little over 1.2 million dollars in total CPA funds that are being dedicated and recommended by the Community Preservation Commission for funding. Um, it breaks out that there's about 160 thousand dollars in historic preservation type projects and a little over a million dollars in parks and open space initiatives. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of those highlights include, um, you know, some park master planning to really um, put us on a good track to develop all the park space that we have. Uh, we'll be replacing and uh, refurbishing the basketball courts at Dean Park. Um, there's a, and then a request to set aside or purchase some additional land at 443, 457 Lake Street and 104 Grove Street uh, for open space purposes. And that's a $435,000 request. So um, a, a good, I think a good initial offering from the CPC of a project funding, again, setting aside $1.2 million that's available to them to take some action and do some things in the community that we haven't had the opportunity to fund in the past. I'm excited about these articles, so it's a good. It's like their first complete yep. cycle of yep. the committee, so right. it's super cool yep. for them too. Yep, and that it's interesting because the they raise about a million dollars from the Community Preservation Act tax yeah. every year so this is a good balance of um, keeping some funds in what the bank. they raise and what yep. they're spending yep. um, article 48 is to fund the emergency medical services study 
Yeah, so EMS in this community, we've long benefited from uh, a partnership with UMass and Worcester EMS where um, UMass has provided free ambulance service to the community. Oh, they, wow. they put an ambulance at um, the um, Harrington Avenue uh, fire station and you know they were dispatched from there and they provided that um, at no cost to the town. Um, given a number of complexities, both on the paramedic staffing side and just cost of running a service like this, um, they've indicated that moving forward and as soon as our next contract cycle, which will start next January, that they're no longer going to be able to offer that service to us on a no-cost basis. So we think this is an opportune time to do a comprehensive study and understand what it is, what our cost options are. You know, yeah. Should we start our own ambulance service? Does it make the most sense to continue to partner with UMass um, and, and pay them? Mm -hmm. you know, like what would that cost be? And then, or is there a hybrid model that we could consider? So we have seen the communities like Northboro and Westboro and Auburn who have their own EMS services within their fire departments have not really seen the implications that the private nonprofit yeah. ambulance services have from staffing issues. They're a little more secure in their staffing and a little bit more attractive. We always want to provide the best service, prompt right. ambulance response. We've seen that service decline. Recently, we've had to rely upon those other neighboring towns for more mutual aid, which has led to longer response times. So now's the time to look at it, get the most information that, that we can possibly have, and then make an informed decision yeah. during that next contract cycle. The consistency is important to the town for both service right. providing, but yeah. also like budgeting yeah. purposes too. So. And I guess the other option that I didn't mention is, you know, do we contract with some other private yeah. ambulance service? Uh, you know, so we'll explore all those things through this study. Uh, $65,000, you know, some budget numbers. We've talked to some consultants in the industry, and this is what they've centered in on. Um, so um, I think this is really important for us to do to control our own destiny in the future. Right. Um, and the last group of articles, which is also the last four articles, um, articles 51 through 54 are the uh, four zoning bylaw adjustments. Yeah, so we uh, often at town, annual town meeting, we make some changes to the zoning bylaw for a number of reasons. And there's three things that kind of stand out for me this year is we're providing uh, a clear path forward for um, energy storage yep. in some of our commercial districts. So we know battery storage is a critical component to uh, green energy in the future and storing energy, especially when it's generated through things like solar. Um, so uh, we want to provide that opportunity and continue to be a leader um, in electricity and supply and, and climate action here in Shrewsbury through mm -hmm. Selco and in partnership with Selco. Um, and then um, there's um, some adjustments to um, some of our zoning districts along Route 20 for a commercial equipment rental to make that process a little bit more straightforward. A lot of businesses are already providing that service and it's a confounded right. way to get there. So we wanted to kind of clean that up. And then interesting new use uh, that we're seeing in a number of communities is adult day health. So it's not necessarily medical, um, but it's a, it's a unique type of use that uh, some property owners are interested in exploring, so uh, mm -hmm. the planning board and planning staff have worked to develop some 
zoning districts for that type of use. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big warrant, 50, 54 articles. We're looking at, you know, 180 million or so in total spending and another $25 million in borrowing authorizations. It's, you know, it's the state of business that we're in and what we need to do to continue and invest and, and operate the town. So we're looking forward to having those conversations with uh, town meeting members on May 15th and uh, getting their feedback and seeing how they vote. Yeah, and people can find the warrant online under the town meeting webpage from the Shrewsbury website. Um, and all the hearings have been recorded thus far and right. will continue to be leading up to the meeting if people are interested in participating or right. um, just staying up to date on everything. So, right. um, yep. shout out noted, Shrewsbury Media Connection. Yeah, and as we <laughs> noted before, there will be a full um, town staff conversation with some departmental leadership and technical experts on yep. all the Warren articles. It's available for folks in advance of town meeting. This will be published in advance of town meeting. So uh, encourage new town meeting members to uh, review that video and the, and the prior hearings that Taylor has mentioned as well. So I guess without anything else, we'll see everyone at town meeting. And um, I'm gonna thank Taylor for the conversation today and leading us through the 54 uh, warrant articles uh, that we have before us. It's been an, uh, another uh, episode of the Town Manager Download. Of course, if you ever have any questions or comments, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.